Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, no... Marissa Morris today, which means uh, we are flying by the uh, seat of our pants. Is that the right phrase, Zach? That is the correct phrase. Okay, I'm on the I'm on the uh, controls here. Could be a disaster. Anything could happen. I have confidence in you. It's good to be here for this podcast. It's pouring outside. The walk from the practice facility to the media center today left my pants and my shoes and my socks soaked. So, uh, but happy to be Didn't here. Didn't know where left my pants was going to end that, that sentence, but you navigated it deftly. But nonetheless, excited for this pod and eager to talk Eagles commanders and get to the questions of our audience. Brought to mind the uh, scene in which uh, for a preseason game against the Jets, uh, I showed up soaking and you were nice enough to give me an extra pair of socks. Correct. Uh, would you? I would say your number one moment as a teammate. I hope that's not the number one moment as a teammate, but I'm. I mean, you've had, had you've always, but you've always been a great teammate. But I mean, to have a fresh pair of socks for a man who's soaking wet, I feel like that's <laughs> tough to get better than that. I'll give you the socks out of my bag. Happy mm. to do it. What would you say was my worst moment as a teammate? There's no such worst moments. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> There's been no such worst moments. There's been no times you brought moments. stuff up on the podcast that I mm. haven't wanted you to bring up. So I, I, okay. I would say that. I, I would say revealing stuff that I prefer to keep concealed. Okay, but, you know, I'm trying to look out for the audience. You know, we're all one you big are. family. And sometimes some, some, sometimes stuff has to, has to be aired out. Like your, like your socks that day. That's a nice way to bring it around. All right. Uh, as you said, Zach, we've got uh, we've got some Crow Thine Enemy to get to for the Monday night showdown division game against the Washington Commanders. Taylor Heineke, Travis Fulgham's former quarterback, Rick Lovato's former teammate. Lots of stuff to get to. Uh, we will close with a segment of uh, open up the quail bag, getting the bird in edgewise, which we haven't done in a while. But before we get to that, Zach, we gotta we gotta get to the news. And so we send it over. Uh, in the pouring rain, 
to the Stone Cold Newsman himself, Zach Berman. The Eagles did not practice in the pouring rain today. They practiced in the indoor practice facility for the first time during the regular season, I believe. It has been a mostly dry season for the Eagles other than game days. But the uh, the actual practices themselves, this one was in the rain, so they went inside. But when they were out there yesterday outside, Avante Maddox did not practice. Neither did uh, Josh Joel, both of whom dealing with hamstring injuries uh, and then you have Josiah Scott who is limited so m- so monitor that in particular because if Avante Maddox does not play then as we've seen already this season Josiah Scott would be next man up in the slot otherwise the Eagles would have some maneuvering to do uh, that's the big news as far as the as, as far as the injury front and from the news front, we can get to discussions from Nick Sirianni and Jason Kelsey and what else is said in the locker room. But as far as the hard news, it's the injuries to monitor, and that is that slot cornerback. Back to you in the studio, Bo. Thanks, Zach. Great stuff. Um, what, have we, uh, what have we learned from the uh, Novacare Complex the past couple of days? I'll tell you one thing. Um, you know, we are the best Eagles podcast, but – I mean, this this could turn in a different direction, this episode, but I, I think it won't be the best podcast, uh, Eagles-related-wise, this week. Uh, the J- the Jalen Hurts appearance on, on the Jason Kelsey podcast was fantastic and, like, the best uh, example of his actual personality that I think we've ever seen. Jalen's or Jason's? Jalen's. Yes, I, I was making a joke there. because you said Did I say Jason? No, you said his, and so you oh, left okay. that up there. Actually, it might have been a dangling modifier at that point. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna dangle you off a building. <laughs> uh, I agree. It was it was an outstanding. Um, it was it was an outstanding interview. Uh, good job by Jason and Travis. And Jalen played ball. Jalen was into it. And I I make that point because when you're a quarterback who's a successful and as as in the spotlight as Jalen Hurts is, you know how to go autopilot through interviews, through press conferences. You know how to say what you think is supposed to be said. And and what I felt is you saw a side of Jalen Hurts that he seldom reveals publicly. Uh, and you can see why he's so liked by his teammates because he does have a very likable side there. That he showed. Not to say that you wouldn't think he's he's liked by his uh, his normal press interactions, but he's more robotic in those settings. Whereas I, I think he showed uh, more of his personality in this one. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Kelsey what was your was favorite at, part? Well, what was my favorite? Well, Kelsey's favorite part. He said he, he was asked about like uh, you know did he learn anything about Jalen? And he said there were a lot of things he learned, but one of the, one of his favorite things was like getting the the background on the powerlifting and how, you know, Jalen takes after his brother uh, and, and his dad, obviously. And he was sort of, you know, bringing that back to his own story about how, like, he feels like, you know, to some degree he's responsible for Travis turning out as uh, to be such a good player because he was always chasing Jason. And it also helped Jason to, you know, have to outdo Travis who was coming up behind him. And so now they sort of share that connection and uh, that stood with him. What was your favorite part? 
I liked when Jalen was talking about Thursday night football. I, well, of, I, course I, did. of course, of course, it all came back. You're the football guy. No, I'm not saying that. I, I, I thought that was pretty revealing, like how, how much Jalen enjoys watching the game and is like breaking down what the safety's mm. doing and sees the penalty flag. Uh, I, I liked that. I thought it was, it was, um, I always like backstory type stuff. So him talking about his father, uh, him him talking you've about you've been to Channel View. I you've, have. Been you've Channel- laid eyes on <laughs> the place. Uh, so I, I I I liked the insight. You know, the insight about Jason snapping. Was, I thought that was very interesting. I was asked really Kelsey interesting. About that, but okay, I'm curious what Kelsey said because I do recall those Zoom interviews in 2020 asking Kelsey about the fumbled snaps. And he was like, that's on me. You know, we're, we're going to work through that. And it was interesting insight how fast he snaps it and why he snaps it so fast. Yeah. Well, so, cause his explanation is that, uh, you know, because his game is built on quickness, he wants to be able to, you know, be able to be quick as quick as he can. Uh, and so he snaps it fast and he wants his hand back. Um, but like, wouldn't you think that all centers want to be as ready as possible and want to have a fast snap? But he said, um, in, in his press conference today that it's actually more like like in his mind like the guys snap to type like a big lumbering powerful center is a slower snapper um than like a a, a quick guy like him i don't know if that's actually true it's i mean he's the expert um but he, d- he did say that like throughout his career all the quarterbacks have like not complained necessarily but like made a point of mentioning like wow that ball really gets on me so it's true true to some degree I th- I thought it was pretty. I don't know if I would use the word touching, but it was a nice personal sentiment when he said when he uses these expressions publicly uh, that it makes his dad feel good. Yeah. Because it because it shows that all the things his dad said growing up really, um, you know, really resonated and, and and so I yeah I appreciate that. I like the way that Jason or that that Jalen talked about the snaps where like, you know, he's he's giving him uh, some guff and talking like he's got to get in an athletic position like uh, uh, that's and, and then the story of him like teasing Kelsey as they as they squat in front of each yes. other, like yes. all the uh, all the examples of Jalen, you know, teasing his teammates. That's the stuff that I want to hear. There was only one time I, I felt Jalen wasn't ready to go there in the podcast, and that was when Jason asked him about. Uh, going in and uh, against Green Bay and the start mm. against New Orleans, yeah, and and you could tell he did not want to touch anything from that Green Bay game. Yeah, right? he, he simply he he mentioned it was cool seeing Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. They stayed but, away from anything Carson related, which yes, makes sense. Like you know, no, but but Jalen did right, like yeah. uh, because because Jason asked a good question, right, about the first time he went in against Green Bay, and and what was that like, and were you expecting it? And, and he was very much. Uh, and then Jalen also, he had that side comment when he was talking about the uh, draft night, uh, like his expectations. He thought it was yeah. going to Pittsburgh. And he's like, and then in the middle of a story, he's like, this is going to be a big thing. Like, yeah, people are, you know, this is going to be pulled out. He's, a, he's aware. He knows what's going on. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to cycle through it in, in my head from some from some other things. In the, in All right, and did you have any other thoughts? On, did you have any thoughts on, uh, I guess, uh, Inside the Birds this week? Should we talk about their episode? <laughs> No, we don't Just have go, to go go point by point on every <laughs> Eagles the, podcast for, for every Eagles podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I I thought Jalen was 
Yeah, I I I, I liked how honest he, he was about so this so this is a, a small thing, but I appreciated the honesty when he was talking about some old time quarter, you know, the old time quarterbacks, and he's like, I haven't watched these guys, even Michael Jordan. I talk about Michael Jordan, but yeah. I I never watched Michael Jordan. Um and yeah, I I, I thought that was a good admission. And then when he was talking about some of the the college stuff, um, I like how he he casually put in there. I was the backup in in that game. You know, yeah, he talked yeah, about yeah. going in against Alabama. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I liked him and AJ Brown making fun of Kelsey, like looking at each other, like why is Kelsey so tired after the first touchdown yes. drive of the season? <laughs> and Travis's description of the way Jason yeah. walks went, yes. Yeah, Travis right. was. Yeah, yeah, Travis was. Uh, All right, enough, enough gassing up another podcast. Let's just, you know, they got they had one good episode. Let's let's keep it to the let's keep it to the good stuff. Okay. Uh, all right, they Zach. had more than one good episode. Yeah, I know. I had just, one good interview. I'm aware. Although that's, I guess, that shade the Paul Rudd because I think Paul Rudd was their only other guest, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if Paul Rudd wants to come on this podcast <laughs> and defend himself, that's fine. What's your favorite Paul Rudd movie? What's my favorite Paul Rudd movie? I'm sorry. That, that, that's not a question I, I, should, I don't know. should be asking you. I don't know what kind of, I love you, man. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie since it came out. Mm-hmm. Felt like, I don't know what comes to mind for you. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, this is 40. And, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This Anchorman. is 40. It's good. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Wow. I Look I, at you with the culture uh, <laughs> sidebar. I, I probably didn't appreciate This Is 40 enough when I saw it. I'm not 40 mm. yet, but I had that on um, the other day. It, 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 it came up on the Netflix queue, and I, I, ju- I just put it on. And there were, there were things in there that I was laughing about that, uh, you know, you, un- until you have kids, you, you probably don't fully grasp. I can't believe in the middle of the season you were able to make time to watch This Is 40. I didn't make time to watch it. I was um, – like rolling over in bed in the middle of the night. I couldn't fall back to sleep. Didn't want to open up um, the lamp to read something. So I put on the TV and put on This is 40. With Emily sleeping? Yes. That's nice. Okay. Good for you. How long did you watch the whole movie or did it, no, you able to fall asleep? I was able to fall asleep. Yes. With the movie still, still going. Exactly. Okay. So that's why it's good. It put me back to sleep. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry to deviate so from that. So your favorite Paul Rudd movie is so good it, it put you to sleep. <laughs> well, I, what a I bringing needed, endorsement. I, I needed it to put me to sleep. Anyways, I, I should not have deviated from that. We haven't spoken about the Commanders yet. All right. Let's talk about the Commanders. Um, as, uh, as predicted, Carson Wentz does not make it to uh, Philadelphia, able to play in this game. It's Taylor Heineke. He'll make his fourth straight start. Uh, um, your mic's going in and out. My mic. Okay, hold on. I will fill the time here for a moment. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's just me on the podcast here. Um, <laughs> the I I wasn't prepared to to give you this, but while we do, let's just go through the commanders for a second. Um, as Bo was saying, the commanders have Taylor Heineke starting at quarterback. Bo, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, uh, I was pulling up their depth chart here. Uh, but I, I will cede the floor to you. 
Oh no! Come on, you keep talking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to re rejigger what's oh, okay. going on here. Okay. Okay. Um, I so told the, you it was going to be a disaster without Marissa. <laughs> so the big thing to watch here, of uh, of course, is whether Chase Young returns. This this Commanders defense has the defensive line, I should say, has been playing really well. Uh, Payne and Allen, in particular, uh, if you get Young there and you have Young and Sweat coming from the edges. Uh, that obviously is a major upgrade. Young hasn't played. I think it was week 10 last year. Did the injury occur thereabouts? Um, but so he's, he's missed considerable time, but if, if he's back, we all saw in 2020 in particular, how, how good Chase Young is last year. He, he didn't have quite the year before the injury. Um, so that's, that's what to watch there on the offensive side of the ball. The injury to watch seems to be Jahan Dotson. Uh, and I will find out from Ben Standing the latest there, but they have talent at wide receivers. They don't you love really just firing to... off text to Standing. <laughs> um, they they don't really seem to incorporate their receivers enough. Perhaps that has to do with the quarterback uh, play. But I, you know, between McLaurin and Dotson and uh, Shields' old favorite Curtis Samuel. They 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 have, they have some some talent at that spot. Antonio Gibson in the I I didn't watch full Commanders games, but I I did briefly go through some of them just to get a sense of what they've been since since we've watched them. They they, they don't seem to be get the ball to Gibson quite a bit, um, especially like since a Brian Robinson's thing. Yeah, yeah, but he makes plays when the ball is in his hands. He had like a um, he's better than Brian Robinson. I don't understand this thing, but yeah. Um, and I, I've been reading Washington coverage this week. That organization is just complete. It's like a complete mess. Like, as you said, Brian Robinson, it came to mind how ridiculous it was that they, that they what was it? Their general counsel basically used Brian Robinson um, in, a, in a, a getting shot in like, in an awful incident as, as a, uh, I don't want to say collateral, but as as basically like like something against the DA's office for and anyways, you can check out the coverage from uh, our commanders coverage and elsewhere for more details on just how messy of a week this has been for Washington. Um, as I read the yeah, out of town, the worst coverage, franchise in sports. As I, I as mean... I read the out of town coverage, it hasn't really focused on the team that we are seeing this weekend, which says something uh, and, and, and uh, shout out to Barish Faluga, my former colleague. Uh, I, I should say someone I looked up to at the Washington post, but I did work with him and he had a great column this week where he basically said like all these things happen and they just call that Wednesday in Ashburn. So uh, check that out. Okay. Uh, Commanders 28th overall in DVOA 28th on offense, 29th passing. 27th running the ball, so they've batted everything. If you split it up uh, from the first six weeks of the season, the Carson Wentz commanders versus the last three weeks of the season, uh, they were 26th in offensive DVOA under Wentz and all the way up to 19th under Heineke. So either way you slice it, uh, this is not a great offense, um, even though they do have some weapons on the outside. That offensive line is not very good. The Eagles should be able to uh, pressure Taylor Heineke, and Taylor Heineke obviously – um, has limited arm strength. Uh, you're worried about him making some, uh, you know, spontaneous plays a little bit. But I think 
I think the defense should be able to to handle this task on in on that side of the ball of the matchup. Yeah, I would agree there. Okay. Uh, on the other side of the ball, um, you've got Jack Del Rio coming off uh, what, what has to have been a tough week for him uh, relative to expectations. Uh, you know, you've got all the, the drama that you talked about in, uh, in D.C., the red wave that he was expecting didn't come. Um, so he's going to be on tilt a little bit, you would, you would expect. Uh, they are pretty mediocre, though, like uh, not awful on defense this year. 14th overall in DVOA, but it's it's completely split between 25th against the pass and second against the run. Now, obviously, if Chase Young comes back, that changes things a little bit. Um, some some questions. I don't like the like the leading questions um, that we've gotten a couple of times this week. Of is is isn't this the best defensive front that you're gonna that yeah. you've seen this season? Yeah, like exactly. I agree. I, I mean, now if I say no. I'm gonna like I, I I'm giving them both bulletin board material, but like, is this a better front than the Cowboys? Like I don't know, probably not. Um, still, I like I like questions more for information than confirmation, right? Yeah. So I think that's right. Uh, you know, when you ask a question, I I tend to prefer like I want to find out something I didn't already know, hmm. not. Not can you confirm something that I already thought, and therefore I can put it into my story. Yeah, yeah I mean there are there are times when you do need confirmation, obviously. Oh, yes. I agree. Yeah, but yes, yes. So, yeah. I mean that's I I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's well said. Um, yeah, their secondary is is in shambles, although I think not quite as in shambles as it was in week three, right? When they when they were down like a bunch of guys, it's I think they're a little bit healthier in the secondary, although they also traded away uh, William Jackson. Um, this is just. Like, you know, maybe maybe they can give the Eagles front some trouble. And in, in a general sense, like anytime you're playing a team a second time, the division games can be a little bit funky. I don't think this is going to necessarily be a uh, a blowout. I mean, it could be, but uh, it could be a funky game. But I don't like if you just look at the the lineup matchup here in terms of stopping the Eagles offense, if the Eagles are able to uh, like protect Jalen Hurts at all, they should be able to throw all over this team. I would agree there. That that secondary leaves much to be desired. But of course, I that was think... the Devontae Smith game in week three. Um, exactly. All those big plays downfield, all those jump balls. Uh, but I, I have been impressed with the way this defensive line is playing. And Houston did get to Jalen Hurts. We saw that. So something to pay attention to. Uh, I, I don't want to say the offensive line is leaky. That, that would be inaccurate. But this is... I mean, I'm I'm not looking for confirmation. This is one of the better off, uh, defensive lines the Eagles will play all season. Okay. Anything else on your radar here? Do you think Carson Wentz is going to show up? Yes, I do. Um, with no evidence to this whatsoever other than when we did Swooper the other day, somebody said, oh, look at that. I appreciate that. Love that. Yes. Old Dominion. A big Old Dominion game. You mentioned, of course, Lovato That's right. and Heineke, but did you mention Pascal? I did not mention Pascal. You're yes, right. I okay, forgot yeah. Pascal. I wanted to make sure this wasn't these yeah. a case where I wasn't listening to you. Um, so, yeah. Which Zach, does happen. Yeah, For Zach the audio Pascal. listeners, we have, we have a, 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 a comment here. Source current members of the ODU coaching staff consider themselves sickos with a, with a handsome picture of Jim McHugh. I I I uh I respect that ODU program. I was living down in Virginia when they 
when they got off the ground, it's hard to mm. basically start a football program from scratch. So I would say so. I respect what the Monarchs Who's the most famous Old Dominion alumni? The most famous Old Dominion alumni. So when I think of Old Dominion, I think of that game against Villanova in the NCAA tournament. What was it? 1995, the Kerry Kittles year. That's what jumps to mind for me. Uh, for me, the most famous Old Dominion alumni. There has to be one that I'm missing. Chris but... Gatling. Okay. Headband. Lefty. Yes, I remember. Sixth man from the uh, Mavs. Yeah. Mm. Ken Bazemore. Uh, oh, I got your answer. Oh, Justin Verlander, right? Uh, that's a good one, but I think the answer is Maya Angelou. Okay, Maya Angelou would be above that. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I should have known that. But Verlander both, uh, did. Wake Forest connections to both of them. Maya Angelou taught at Wake Forest, and Justin oh. Verlander's uh, sister-in-law was in my class at Wake Forest. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Verlander did go to ODU, though, correct? Yes. Okay. It's from Richmond, I believe. Good stuff, uh, we were So in the, I was in the middle of a point about something else before that deviated. Surprise, surprise. And you don't remember what the point was? No. Okay. <laughs> We're firing on all up, cylinders here. Yeah, you brought up Jim McHugh's. You brought up Jim McHugh's uh, um, note there. In any event, I I think that um, that's gonna be it. it it's gonna be a good. It's it's gonna be a, a good matchup on that side of the ball. And I'm surprised by how big this line is. Eleven points. Uh, because Washington has played team stuff. Oh, the, yes, yes. Thank you, uh, Grace. Uh, you asked me if Carson's showing up. In Swooper the other day, a listener, a viewer, said that Carson went to the Indianapolis game. So if he traveled to the Indianapolis game, I need to imagine he's going to travel to the Philadelphia game. So we'll Maybe. see. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Also, that... that that commenter could have been lying. You got to vet your sources. You got to. That's true. I tend to think it all. I, yeah, that, that is true. I took him at his word or her. Okay. All right. Nothing else on this matchup. Anything you want to say about Jack Del Rio's politics? I am not touching that. I work for a company owned by the New York times and we do not talk about politics in our coverage here unless it has to do with our coverage specifically. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I'm curious to see. This has been an extended break for the Eagles, and they did a really good job coming off the bye, and they were purposeful about it. They're not coming off a bye here, but they are coming off extended break. I want to see how they come out. In 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 that regard, uh, I think the the slot cornerback situation is certainly something to monitor. Depending on Maddox' status, I, do I, think I don't think do that here? can be ignored. If if Maddox doesn't play and Josiah Scott is not back, what do you think they do? It's a good question. Now, so what they, they did have... at the end of that game against Houston was they went big nickel and they moved Epps inside and kept Gardner Johnson at safety with Kayvon Wallace. Uh, you could do that again. You could put Andre Sachere in the middle or in at, in the slot where he has played before. I suppose you could see if Zach McPherson can do it, but he's I've never seen him practice inside. Um, How about Jav? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Javelin Gujri, who who they signed to the practice squad, who has like Ron's legitimate. Son. 
Javelin Guidry, right? Yeah. He Son has legitimate he has legitimate NFL experience. He started five games for the Jets. He's played 32 games um uh in his in his career. He's on the practice squad. I mean, this is this is not like an undrafted guy who's on the practice squad. I wonder if that's someone who could be a potential practice squad promotion. And yet, and this is something you have to uh, to factor in. It's a small thing. It's not a big deal. But Monday night games are different than Sunday games from roster transactions in that you have until four o'clock on the or you have until the day of the game to make the practice squad elevation. Mm. It doesn't have to be 24 hours before like it is for a Sunday game. So basically you can see how these, these corners are when they wake up in the morning, uh, which is different than for a Sunday game. How much do you think you can tell from how a guy wakes up in the morning? It's a good question. I've never dealt with a hamstring injury before playing in the NFL, so it is hard for me to say. No, that's a good point, though. That's a good. That's a good yeah. point. You, you have you have more time to make that decision. Yeah. My guess. My guess is they would do Sasha right. Okay. But on the fifty-three, they did. No, they did bring him up to the fifty-three right. recently. So yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a little break, Zach. We'll come back and get into our quail bag, get a bird in edgewise, and then we'll close with some crystal bald eagle predictions. Let's see. If I can um, adequately and uh, correctly get us into this break. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good to hear from Marissa. Great to hear from In the middle of the episode. Welcome back to Birds with Friends, Bo and Zach. Uh, Zach, you know, we did Swooper earlier in the week. So that leaves us with a bit of a void here in the second half of the Friday show. Let's let's dip into the quail bag. Some bird birds and edgewise, which we haven't done in a while. Go ahead. What were we gonna say? I appreciate a quail bag. I like I like knowing what's what's on the minds of our audience, and you can speak directly to them. And I frankly think in our coverage on the athletic, we should incorporate more in mailbags because I I always enjoy a mailbag. 
growing up, like those are my favorite Bill Simmons columns were the mailbags. So uh, who's that? <laughs> I I'm, I'm big enough to say, well, I'm not that big, but I am, I am big enough to say that I read Bill Simmons or I read Bill. Simmons. I, well, I don't read him currently because he doesn't really write that often anymore, but big oh, shots fired. He was my, he, I, I loved his work for two decades. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I know. I just, I'm, I'm happy to hear from the, li- from the listeners. I'm glad, I'm glad we can get a little pulse. I just, I, it can be a crutch sometimes. And I, you know, they come to us as the content creators. I want to be able to give them something back, but that's fine. I, I agree with that. I, I don't think it's a crutch though. I, I think it's, it's like when you go to a comedy show and they play their hits, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, he's not coming out with a new hour every year. Uh, because he he thinks when you when when you go to see Mick Jagger, you you want to hear the hits, right? So if something works, if something works, keep going to it. Now that is not how I feel as an audience member for comedy. Okay. Like I don't want to see Jerry Seinfeld just do his same hour. What I I appreciate the craft of it. I want to see them working through, like working on that new hour. Fair That's enough. what I want to see. If you see someone frequently, then you appreciate the new hour. But okay, all right, Zach. Well, you wanted to get the pulse of the fan base. What do they really care about this Eagles season? Let's get to that. The first question from Fine Oak Things, and this is a question for you Pecknest migrate Montreal smoked meat, pastrami, or corned beef? Uh, so there's other things I like better in Montreal, but if I was going with that, I guess I would peck the smoked, this, 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 the smoked meat, nest the corned beef. Migrate to pastrami. Not a huge pastrami guy. Hmm, interesting. I think I go pastrami over corned beef. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Josh uh, T. But Montreal is uh, a great food city, by the way. Oh, I love the Montreal smoked meat. The, the Schwartz's is that the famous place? So good. Yeah. Now I like uh, Lafleur's hot dogs. That's a really good spot there. I mean, there are so many good spots throughout uh, throughout Montreal. Josh T. In the chat wants to know what's the last comedy show you went to. Josh T, big fan of his work. Uh, Josh T is a former athletic writer who is now at the Inquirer. Nice guy. Uh, the last comedy show I went to was um, Neil Brennan during the summer. Mm. Uh, he was uh, he was in he was in uh, like Northern Liberties that area. Okay, big fan of Nor- of, uh, of of Neil Brennan. If you if you guys don't know. He if he was uh, Dave Chappelle's former writer and his stand up is awesome. He's from the area originally. He's Bo's not a fan of Neil Brennan. Apparently, he's fine. He's, he's fine. OK, <laughs> um, I, I guess Bo and I have a you, you're not going to give him a what? A, a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm not giving him the Nobel Peace Prize, although I did see someone speak this week who recently won a Nobel Peace Prize. So and who was that? Uh, at, at the Philadelphia Speaker Series, the yes. speaker this week, um, it was she was. Uh, I want to get the pronunciation correct. Maria Ressa, R E S S A. And what did she? What did you learn from her? I learned about um, disinformation on social media. Mm. I, I, I learned um, good about, week. Very timely week for that. Yeah, I, I learned about you know her, her fight against it. Uh, with Rappler.com. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was it was on it was on Monday night. 
All right, Zach. Uh, well, let's stick on let's stick uh, on topic here. We got a good transition. This one's from Dave, and he says because Zach is such a big fan of comedy. This, is, this, five, this doesn't have to be about me, by the way. <laughs> top five dead or alive comedians, and then uh, for me, our GM's underpaid. <laughs> it's hard for me to give no. you a top five because, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many good ones, right? And it's like. A lot of it depends on if you're talking about the peak performance or or the act itself, right? There's there's longevity of the of the, of the career. I mean, I I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld fan, uh, and then you have the longevity there. I mean, Chris Rock. Well, I've no, hold Chris on a second. Now, I I'm not I'm not saying Seinfeld doesn't belong in there, but if you are gonna say that he's famous for doing the same hour. <laughs> Then the longevity does not really apply. Well, he doesn't do just the same hour, but he he mixes in a few things. But he has certain staples that he I goes know, back I to. Know. Yes, I mean huge, a huge Chris Rock fan, um, and obviously things you know things change with time. Uh, you know, I mean Bo Bo. Uh, uh, the uh, last one I bring up. Sebastian Manikowsko, but I, 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 I do like Sebastian. I like John Mulaney. John Mulaney's had, had, had me cracking up, um, on multiple occasions. I mean, Dave Chappelle's had some, had some great work. Uh, it's, I, I would really need, I, I would need to put thought into giving you a top five, like, you know, there's, I, I don't want to be canceled here. Um, there was a period where like Louis CK was, was yeah. awesome. Right. Um, so, yeah, so Sorry there's you've been canceled. <laughs> uh, <bad>. Bill... <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, George Carlin. There you go. When I was in middle school and I first listened to 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 George Carlin, it it killed me. Right? I mean, it was it was like awesome. His 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 stuff. Uh, you know, there's yeah, there's there's so many good ones. So big fan of comedy. Okay. I very seldom dislike a I I very seldom dislike a comedian and like my 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 bachelor party, um, I went to the comedy cellar in New York, you know, with a bunch of friends. Uh so <laughs> so yeah, so this is if if you put me at a comedy show, I'm I'm bound to enjoy it. Oh, I thought you were gonna I thought this that story was gonna lead to and then on your bachelor party you went to the comedy cellar and there was a comedian that you disliked. Oh no. Nah, that was great. Went for yeah. a good steak dinner, and the comedy cellar. Yeah, nice. How time. many people were at your bachelor party? Like fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, all of them your brothers. <laughs> no, 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 not including my brothers. Not including my brothers. They didn't go. No, I'm not including them in the fifteen. Of course they went. But oh, was but why wouldn't you include them in the count of when the question is how many people went? <laughs> okay, so then there, so then twenty. Okay. That's a pretty big crew. Yeah. Got a lot of friends. How many of them, how many of those 20 played college sports? Probably like six, seven. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's 35%. I would have to go back and, and like go through the numbers. Maybe not that high pretty good who was the best athlete at your bachelor party <laughs> uh the best athlete um sean grief he was the uh, philadelphia city player of the decade 
in in uh, baseball 2010s by the Philadelphia Inquirer. So Sean listens. So uh, I I feel comfortable. Uh, he would have been mad if you didn't say him. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. If I <laughs> if I said like my brother Sean would stop listening, we need all the listeners we can get. So. And what I, position did Sean play? He was a pitcher. He was a center fielder. Yeah, he was. Through gas. He was real good. Yeah. Did he? I mean, is he the one who outdueled Matt Ryan? Uh, he was. I mean, we beat Matt Ryan a few times. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. The guys, uh, Matt Ryan's already dead, Zach. You don't need to beat him. They <laughs> keep killing him. I'm not killing him. Trust me, I'm not killing him. Um, and like that was like Matt Ryan's third best sport too. So that he's. Anyways, let's let's get back to the mailbag questions. <laughs> all right, how would you rank the GMs and head coaches of all five major Philly pro sports teams? GMs and head coaches are the so I'm doing them in separate categories. I think let's no, I think we should rank them in in one ranking. Okay. Uh, I no, I don't I don't know who the union GM is. I do. Isn't it Ernst Tanner? Is that right? Was it Ernie Young? No, no, Stuart, you're thinking of he Ernie he went Stewart, to US yeah. uh, he went to US soccer. I, I believe. Oh, oh, that's right. So I think it's Tanner. If, if wait, it, they went if from Ernie an Ernie Ernie to an Ernest. It, I, they, I, made a, they made a they made a one for one Ernie replacement. Am I pronouncing the name correctly? Is it yeah Ernst Ernst uh, Tanner, sporting director for the U. Oh, Ernst. Okay, Ernst. Yes, I can't believe you know that. <laughs> um, well, I can't. I can't. That was a I great. Can't. That was a great game. I don't know if, if you watched yeah, that on Sunday. I watched the game. It was did, it was an yeah. awesome game. Um, Jim Curtin deserves to be high on on our rankings here. Jim Curtin is an awesome coach and a good. Uh, I've seen him in, see him around the neighborhood sometimes. I went to school with his brother, so I'm I'm, I'm oh, uh, we're both I'm not, in the bag. Yeah, so we, got, we can't uh, rank him. Then. We're, we're, we can't we're, rank him. That's true. Okay. All right. So you got Howie. You got Sirianni. You got Maury. You got Doc. You got Topper. Writing this down. Dombrowski. Okay. I don't know who the Flyers jam is. I don't know enough about Chuck hockey. Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. I hear he's bad. <laughs> he's having a bad run with the Flyers, although they're <laughs> winning games this year. But. And who's the who's the coach? <laughs> you know the coach Tortorella. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> I mean, he's he's won a cup. All right, I'm going Chuck Fletcher, number eight. Okay. Uh, I'm going Doc Rivers, number seven. Really? <laughs> I think uh, you're going to be. I think you're going to be more impressed with his track record, but I'm I'm putting him number yes. seven. Uh, Tortorella, number six. Well, the, okay. So I'm. I, look, I can't defend the way Doc's coaching this year. I don't think he's doing a good job. I think last year, I I don't think they should have beaten the Heat. They should have beaten the Hawks for sure, um, but but the idea that they haven't gotten past the second round, they should have beaten the Hawks two years ago. I can't hold the Heat series against them. I don't think they were out coached against the Heat, or I I think the Heat were just a better team. I think he's got no idea. He's got no new ideas, and the guys don't play hard for him. And okay, he's like fair. so defensive about being questioned about anything. I've I've, I've seen enough. Yeah, okay, but like Rob Thompson, I mean, no disrespect, but he's he's coached or he's been the manager for half a season. Yeah, he's never him, he's never not made the World Series. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. All right. So, do you disagree with my bottom three? 
Fletcher. Oh, you 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 would have Doc a little bit higher. I'll give you my list and then you give me yours. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going Fletcher eight, Doc seven, <laughs> Tortorella six, without knowing anything about him. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Ooh. I'm going. I'm going Dombrowski five. Dombrowski is the first GM to lead three different organizations to, or, or four different, yeah, four different organizations to a World Series. Yeah, that's fine. And then he burns him to the ground. It's fine. I mean, it was it was worth it, but I'm still putting him five. Okay. Maury four. I'm gonna go. <laughs> eh, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go Howie three. Nick two, topper one. <laughs> I mean, I'm taking the small sample size. So I have I have something coming out tomorrow on uh, Sirianni. Not it's 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 not a huge thing. I I think we can let the cat out the bag here. That uh, he, he is the the it athletic. Big, are you sure you want to go? This is big news. <laughs> he's the sure athletic. Want, hold on, hold on. He's, wait, 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 wait. Do we need to? Should we text separately if it's okay if we let this out? <laughs> But are you being sarcastic or should I? I don't. Yeah, I mean, this might be too sensitive. <laughs> are you joking here? I don't. I mean, this is a big deal. All right, I All right, go ahead. On. You know what? Go go ahead. And if we have to, if we have to delay the release of this episode, we will. <laughs> well, we're live, so I don't know if you're serious or not. So I, I, I don't know. We're just recognizing. Uh, Nick Sirianni for 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 where the team is at the midpoint of 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 the year. In any event, no, go ahead. The, you can tell it in the last in in the last sixteen regular season games. The Eagles are fourteen and two, right? Um, <laughs> so if you think we have about midseason that, awards, and Nick Sirianni yes. will be, according to the Athletics uh, beat writer voting, will be named the midseason coach of the coach year. of the year. Correct, and so. So, so, so I, I had to do a brief thing on it, uh, but 14 and two in the last 16 games. Um, and, and basically going from the second half of last year to the first half of this year, the fact that the Eagles had their bye week already makes it 16 games as opposed to 17 games. But that is, if, if you think about it in that context, that is incredible, right? Because uh, when I started you know, the assignment was like to write something about how Nick is better this year than last year. But the reality is that the roots of this, to use Nick's expression there, uh, really, we saw that in the second half of last year, right? What they're doing now is really picking up since, since the, the, you know, you know, since the second half, 14 and two during that period, that 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 puts them high. So, but but I have a, uh, I I see arbitrary endpoint. It's I'm simply looking at the because we're doing first half, second That's half. Fine. You don't have to defend yourself. Okay. <laughs> the uh, I I preface it that way because it's hard for me to put Sirianni over coaches who've won championships, right? Um. That's that's the hard thing here. I can put where they are. So now. you would rank you're going to rank Sirianni below Doc. I'm not going to rank him below Doc. Uh, but but that's the challenge I I have here. And there is a statute of, of limitations, right? Like like Tortorella won the Stanley Cup in what was it 2004, 
I, I believe with the, with the lightning. Yeah, um, who cares? So, and, but yeah, that's, 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 that's the challenge here is that like Sirianni He's hasn't not a worse coach game. than Mike McCarthy. Like, I mean, Sirianni hasn't won a playoff game yet. Um, that's true. Rob Thompson hasn't managed a spring training yet. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> I mean, for you to follow up, hasn't won a playoff game with hasn't managed a spring no, training I, yet. I, I, one of the I point that things. out. No, I point that out. That was a figure of speech yeah. to say that he's been an interim. It's tough he, to he say. Just had the interim you know, tag he, we know we can coach in October, but can he coach in March? That's not what I was saying. It was a figure of speech. Uh, point being here. I, go on I, record. Like, give us your list. Yeah. You wanted the quail bag. You got the quail bag. I think I would put. I think I'll put Howie one. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I, I think, think I would. Crazy. I think I think I would put Howie one, um, because uh, he's he's built or helped build a Super Bowl team, and he, the the team went down. We saw that. Now he's 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 built it back up. I think relative to other GMs in the league. He he makes a lot of strategic, sound decisions um, that uh, that puts his your team. I I I think he puts his teams in competitive situations, and I have to go him. I have to get. At, you just don't want him to yell at you. That's no. That's I, I'm okay with that. That that comes <laughs> with the job, and and you, you show know, up. Covered. To, you show up to practice next week with a sign that says, "Howie, I ranked you number one." <laughs> Uh, I don't think Howie's listening this far into the podcast. Um, so I no, but I, but I have a hard time too, based on what I was saying. Dombrowski, the longevity is hard to ignore, right? So are you not going to give a list? You're just going to talk around it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not talking around it, but I want to give a, a thoughtful, nuanced response. This is why rankings are so hard for me because. What's mm. the scale in which we're doing it? And then you're doing cross sports rankings. I think I, I would go Howie. Okay. Dombrowski. Okay. Sirianni. Okay. Maury. Okay. Thompson. But that's recency bias there. Well, Rivers. it's not recency bias if you're putting him fifth. Yeah, you're putting well, him against. Putting him over putting him, yeah, but yeah, three jabrones. Yeah, Rivers, uh, and then uh, Tortorella and Fletcher. Okay. Yeah. Reasonable. All right. Uh, a specific question from Casey, who says uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are they both on the roster? Are they neither on the roster or is one of them on the roster next year? I'll let you go first here. I think uh, only Javon Hargrave is on the roster next year. I think this is Fletcher Cox's last year with the team. And because it's going to be his last year with the team, they probably don't want to replace both he and Hargrave for some of the reasons we talked about earlier this week in the uh, discussion about the uh, guys who could be signed to an extension. So I would say only Hargrave. I think of the two, Hargrave has a better chance of returning. I don't rule out them going with Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, and a, and a younger player, but I can see them bringing Hargrave back as long as it's a team-friendly deal or a short or a deal with short-term money. I, I I think if Hargrave's looking to cash in a second time, I don't know if that's going to come here. 
Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Matt Ilari says, why do yourselves and another podcaster who has his name bleeped out uh, feel the need to diminish C.J. Garner-Johnson's interceptions? After watching Thursday Night Football, we all clearly see how many DBs can't catch the ball. So that in and of itself is a skill set. Also, I refuse to believe that he's got lucky five times. Did we diminish it? Yeah, I don't know that we've been diminishing it. Uh, I don't want to be defensive, but um, I mean, those are huge plays and he's made nice plays on them. Um, I just think that, you know, those five interceptions doesn't mean that he's been awesome all year long. I mean, I think turnovers are the most important thing on defense. And so they outweigh a lot, um, but he hasn't been perfect. Uh, I, I think like the uh, we, we've talked about the idea behind him um, like coming in is that you would expect that he would get better over the course of the season as he gets more uh, co- comfortable in the defense at a new position. I think he's been very good. Um, I just don't think they're going to I just don't think that they should extend him right now before seeing how the season plays out. I think the question's conflating diminishing the performance with diminishing the interceptions definitely not diminishing the interceptions and agree with what how the question was framed i don't have it in front of me but he's he's made catches on on passes that simply other defensive backs and other defensive players haven't uh i give him a lot of credit and he's been opportunistic and there's something to be said there i think there are times when i don't know if his positioning is is ideal for the defense um but the bottom line is you you judge it by results. And I think he's a really good player. I think I said that when they made the trade. I, I liked the trade at the time. I like it even better now. And I said the other day, I, I, I think he's the guy they're most likely to resign. But to Bo's point, when you have this type of production, you can be priced out of a player. Ultimately, the Eagles have evaluation for every position, right? And 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 every player, but every position too. And so there's, I, I think there's a certain number that they won't exceed. I don't know what that uh, number is, and I don't know what the market is going to be for Gardner Johnson. I don't know what his demand yet is. Um, but I think the Eagles are going to be pragmatic with paying a safety because I think they would sooner pay a corner than they'd pay a safety. Uh, from Rich, earlier this year, Bo tried to get the best backup offensive lineman in the league traded to Indianapolis which he now describes as a disaster, was that Bo revealing his true feelings about Marissa? Uh, no, because if he if if the Colts had made that deal when I said they should, they wouldn't be in this spot. They wouldn't have fired their offensive coordinator. They'd still have Matt Ryan healthy and playing quarterback, and Frank Reich would still be the head coach. I, Michael Dunn would have been the savior of that Colts team. Everything would be fine in Indianapolis if he was there. Instead, they've been trotting out Matt Pryor at four different positions. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, I, I do want to address something as you bring that up, uh, because as the commenter wrote, uh, Zach, I know you read the comments because you've, you've said that. So he had a question for me. And um, yes, I, I, do, I do read the comments on these podcasts. And the question was, was something I guess I raised my eyebrows when you made a comment about how Jeff Saturday had the only qualification uh, needed to be a head coach. And the listener or the viewer interpret that they will be raising my eyebrows to, as if, um, you know, I'm said, do you disagree that there's a problem with uh, minority? Oh, no, I feel like that was you just and, worrying about me getting fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I very much think this is a problem. Uh, and I, I, I think it's it's a real issue and I think it's a nuanced issue. Um, I think that uh, I, I didn't quite know where Bo was going with that when he said it. So. That's what made me raise my eyebrows, and I, I certainly uh, hope I did not come off as dismissive toward it. I, I do think the Saturday hire um, is uh, – I, I don't know if I would use the word insulting, but, yeah, let's – for lack of a better word for, uh, for lack of a better word right now, insulting for any coach who, who, uh, who is putting in the – you know, like the, the time and, and the uh, trying to build up this resume. But certainly when you talk about uh, hurdles for minority coaches in particular and something that's that a, a term that's used, um, you know, in terms of experience or resume, right, uh, then, yeah, this, this, this definitely um, flies in the face of that. Uh, although if, if there is an argument – that um, X percentage of the players in the league um, are are black. Uh, then, in theory, if if the owners are looking to hire coaches more like 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 fresh out of playing, which is a trend you've seen in the NBA, and that's been discussed with Josh with Josh McNown, perhaps that could be advantageous than going with um, you, you know the the quote unquote career assistant track, which, uh, which tends to be more advantageous for those who did not play. Not to say that those who play and, and, and don't play are of a certain race, but, um, uh, in any event, I, that me raising my eyebrows there had more to do with Mo's yeah, punchline there and had less to do with my feelings. On there was the an interesting conversation at practice today about the, uh, amount of starts by black quarterbacks for each team. And uh, how the Giants are dead last with only one, the infamous Geno Smith start from a couple of years ago that uh, basically got everybody fired because they deigned uh, to not play Eli Manning and play Geno Smith, who it turns out was probably going to be way better all along, uh, given how well he's playing this year. And obviously, I was I was you know joking with you about how classy that organization is that they would. Uh, you know, be dead last in that category, and, and maybe they're not so classy after all. And uh, you know, you 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 rebuffed, but then you were sitting there thinking about it, and it was like you had an you had a eureka moment. You were like, "Well, actually, come to think of it, they've never had a black head coach either." I'm like well, <laughs> now, you're finally catching on, Zach. I. <laughs> 
again, there there can be a nuanced conversation to be had there that doesn't even need to be had on the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> this but yeah, is one I of think, those ones where you didn't you didn't want me to bring it up on the podcast. No, because I, I think there's a nuanced conversation to be had there. So, but but yeah, certainly I I I I think in in that case that probably had more that stat probably had more to do with Eli Manning's durability over you know a decade plus than it had to do with the Giants. Like, Other franchises have had long-term quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah. So in any event, um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I I I don't have enough information there to have that conversation. Uh, two questions left, Zach, before we get to the crystal ball of Eagle. Uh, if you had to allocate your 100 turkeys across every game left on the Eagles season to try to land on where the first loss is going to come, this is a question from PA Turnpike fan. How would you do so? So I would give the Cowboys, we're we talking about first loss or their a first loss? loss? Their first loss. Okay. So I think the Cowboys is the likeliest loss. The odds makers would tell you that. But the place it falls on the schedule makes me less apt to say that's the first loss. Uh, so let's go 15 there. I would go Tennessee as 25. I would go Washington and Indianapolis. Let's let's go 5-5. Five and five. Okay. Let's go Green Bay at 10. Oh, no, let's go Green Bay at 15. Um, and then what do I have left? Giants, Bears, Saints. Yeah, n- n- I'm sorry. How many turkeys? I don't know. I wasn't counting your turkeys. Oh, I'm counting my okay. own. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the the rest I will split evenly between the Giants and the Bears, however many I have left. Um, I, I, I don't I think. Can't be, I can't be in charge of your turkeys, too. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm going. Let's see here. 20, 21, 41, 56, 61, 63, 78, 93. Uh, okay. Five turkeys this week. Two turkeys against the Colts. 15 turkeys against the Packers. 20 turkeys against the Titans. 21 turkeys against the Giants the following week. 15 turkeys against the Bears, 15 turkeys against the Cowboys, six turkeys against the Saints, one turkey against the Giants in Week 18. There you go. Before we get to Crystal Ball Eagle, I, I don't have the questions in, in front of me. I probably should have, and therefore I could have prepared. But as I was driving, I saw a question come in uh, as far as playoff matchups. Right? Oh, I didn't Which see that question. Yeah, which team poses the the biggest threat in the playoffs? And I actually think uh, because I, this is on my mind because I had a, a a radio appearance today with Anthony with Anthony Anthony Gargano, and uh, I discussed this. I think, despite what the record suggests, one game against San Francisco would worry me the most if I were the Eagles. Uh, I think San Francisco has a lot of talent and has quality coaching. They can get healthy. Uh, they had a big injury yesterday in Jason Barrett. That affects things. But they're also experienced. They've proven they can win in January. That's the team I would least want to see. 
after San Francisco, I would say Dallas. So San Francisco, then Dallas. And then I saw a question in the uh, – oh, uh, so I'll, I'll see the floor to you, and, 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 but a San Francisco-related question thereafter. Yeah, I think, I think Dallas um, is okay. what worries me the most because you'd be playing them a third time. Um, that's weird. You're inviting some some variants. It would also probably be the first game, right? It's unlikely that that would be the NFC Championship game because if they don't win the division and then they win in week one, they're probably going to play the one seed. Um, not guaranteed, but likely. Um, and yeah, I think they're the best team in the NFC other than the Eagles. Uh, it could be the Niners. Uh, I could. I, I see your point. I mean, I I think they're probably. I think they have the third highest upside uh of the teams in the conference but i also think like if the bucks get in and that defense turns around um like their offense doesn't have to be that good if their defense can be awesome and so i think that the bucks would worry me a little bit everybody else yeah plus i mean you're playing at home right so you should be okay the uh there was a question in the chat that i saw earlier uh, this was directed to me. Would I rather hire Jonathan Gannon or D'Amico Ryans as head coach? And uh, I w- I've been saying for two years now, three years now. You've been now, saying for a long time, yeah. You were D'Amico early on Ryan's, D'Amico. The, of, of all the players that I've covered, <clears throat> uh, I think D'Amico has the qualities that I would most want as a, as a head coach. Striking and, good looks. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, since then he has – he has position coach experience. He has coordinator experience. Okay, um, I don't hold the I don't hold it against him that he hasn't been in different organizations as a coach because he's he's been in different organizations as a player. I don't hold it against him that he's a defensive coach. Um, obviously, it I know all, all offensive coaches tend to be popular tend to be more popular hires because it's easier to replace a good defensive coordinator than it is. A, to replace a good offensive coordinator. Um, but in this question, you're talking about Gannon or you're talking <laughs> – that's for training thing. It's not going to live it down. You're talking about uh, Gannon or, or D'Amico. I, I, I don't have the, the, um, the full breadth of knowledge with coaching hires as obviously someone who knows all these guys. I mean, I, I'm, I lean toward people that I know or know a lot about. Uh, but of the people that I know in the league who have not been head coaches, D'Amico Ryans would be number one on my list. He would check so many boxes, uh, and I think he's someone who who has the experience, who has the acumen, who has playing credentials that I think uh, could go over well in a locker room. Um, that Gravitas. Uh, that he would be someone who I would hire very quickly. That said – I think Jonathan Gannon has leadership ability and has intelligence that uh, could could make him an attractive head coaching candidate as well. Okay. Uh, all right. Last one from Kurt uh, for me. Given how well he's playing and everything else that's happened since, do you regret anything about your the sleigh trade is a horrible move opinion from when it happened, or do you just chalk it up to him aging better than you thought it would? Um, I don't – so – I don't regret anything. Uh, I mean, I you don't said regret I, anything. No, I said what I thought. I don't regret saying what I thought oh. was the truth. Okay, um, okay. I thought you meant anything in your life you don't regret. But I, I pulled like, up. I pulled up. Statement. I pulled up our grades, uh, and I was a little over the top. But like, I'm going to read it. 
Uh, the Eagles train for Slay lays bare a series of contradicting decisions and reveals they had no plan after all. First, on the player, Slay is good, and the Eagles are and were desperate for help at cornerback. But he is 29 and declining at a position where a small erosion of skills can make a huge difference to surrender a third and fifth round pick and then sign him to what is reportedly the highest paid deal for a cornerback is precisely the kind of myopic move made by the worst teams in the league. Oof. If they were so desperate to add a high-end corner, they should have offered Jones, Byron Jones more money. If they were willing to trade for and extend a difference maker, they should have topped the Cardinals' offer for DeAndre Hopkins, a younger, better player at a position of greater need and importance. If they were willing to import a player openly desperate to be traded, they should have made a better offer for Stefan Diggs. The Slay deal uh, directly contradicts two recent public edicts by Roseman and owner Jeffrey Lurie. In January, Roseman declared the team needed to get younger, which paved the way for the release of 32-year-old Malcolm Jenkins. But now, two of the four starting spots in the secondary will be filled by a pair of 29-year-olds in Slay and Rodney McLeod. If the Eagles had simply re-signed Jenkins and filled the other two spots differently, they'd be old at only one position instead of two. Uh, last March, Lurie declared the Eagles' interest in accumulating draft volume. We believe in volume, he said. We're not cocky enough to feel that you're going to draft way better than anybody else, and it's very important to create volume. At the time, the Eagles had nine picks in, the, uh, in their 2019 NFL draft coffer. They ended up with only five, giving them a total of just 10 picks in a two-year span. This year looked more promising with 10 total picks in the holster. Now it's only eight with two, just two picks in the first 100. Meanwhile, the most glaring hole on the roster still isn't addressed, and now the Eagles have less ammunition to move up in the first round if a wide receiver they covet surprisingly falls. They still have a long list of long-term needs, including wide receiver, interior offensive line, defensive end, safety, and guess what, cornerback. It takes patience to rebuild the youth of a roster, and it turns out the Eagles have none. Uh, yeah, good yeah, writing, by the way. Well, uh, for Roseman, the moves this offseason have brought back memories of the ghosts of Eagles disasters past. The corollary between Jenkins and the release of Brian Dawkins is obvious. Slay brings to mind the celebrated 2011 signing of another cornerback coming off three straight Pro Bowl seasons, Namdi Asamoah, who was 30 that year to Slay's 29. If the Eagles draft a 28-year-old interior offensive lineman in the first round of the draft, we'll know the whole offseason was an elaborate trolling of the fan base by the team's general manager. So uh, over the top, for sure. And I was definitely wrong about Slay. And like, as a player, he has aged better. He has like aged better than you would expect for a player of his age. Um, he has been really, really good the last two years. He was just okay in 2020. Um, so I still wouldn't make that bet on the player at that age, but I was definitely wrong. He was, he was, he was, he's been great. I don't think I was wrong about the general point um, of the resources because Guess what happened? They didn't fill the wide receiver spot, and then they forced the Jalen Rager pick, right? Um, and, and to your point, if they had a third and a fifth, perhaps they're more they're in better position to trade up for CD Lamb. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also about the state of the team. Like the this whole thing was about. I don't think that the team is in a place to be thinking they're one chip away, and they weren't. This was this was this was the offseason before they had a disastrous year. Uh, and they went four and eleven and one and got Doug Peterson fired. So, like, I still like things have worked out well, but I think that I was correct in predicting that this was like the beginning, like like looking over the cliff, 
And Howie Roseman has done an unbelievable job, a better job than anyone could have possibly predicted of flipping over the roster and uh, turning things over after they fell off the cliff. And it's great that Darius Slay is here um, to be a part of that second wave and is, has been awesome. But like if they had traded for DeAndre Hopkins or Stefan Diggs instead of trading for Darius Slay, I would imagine that 2020 would have gone better. Um, I don't know if they'd be in a better spot. Obviously, you wouldn't you wouldn't change anything in retrospect because the domino effects to now uh, would be different. Like you wouldn't want to be anywhere other than you are right now. But would they have been better in 2020 if they had done something different? I think so, 100. Um, percent So, like, I do I regret the take? Not really. Um, I don't think that I was that wrong. I was just wrong about Slay, uh, and they were right about Slay, so they get credit for that. That's a fair point. We don't know what the what the sliding door scenarios would have been. As we talk about often, sometimes the best deals are the ones that don't happen. The Eagles wanted Byron Jones that year. Byron Jones didn't want to sign. Yeah, like that uh, would have turned out worse for sure. Had they signed Byron Jones, it would have been worse. They would have had more draft picks to spend though, but they they wouldn't have had the money to to sign Javon Hargrave in the, in in, the, in in that case. Um, Javon Hargrave, they pivoted to after not getting Jones, if memory serves. Um, I don't think the third and the fifth would have given them ammo to get C.D. Lamb. I think the price to get C.D. Lamb would have been higher. But perhaps they would have moved up in the second round to get a defensive tackle because at that point you don't have Hargrave. And maybe you don't draft Jalen Hurts in that situation because therefore you move up from the second round pick to get another player. Um, or perhaps you, you know, it's, so there's so many things that, that, that could have happened. The bottom line is, uh, is Slay has aged better than I think even the Eagles could have anticipated. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially after the 2020 season. And that's a credit to Slay mostly. Um, but that has, that has, has, has changed the entire situation for them. The only, the, the Slay thing I regret is the, is like my take in 2020 that he was, like unserious. That's what I regret because that was wrong. Um, you know, I think you misevaluated the player. I don't think you misevaluated the move. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even think, I mean, obviously I did misevaluate how he would age, but I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't make that bet. Okay. Yeah. Good. But he's been awesome. And as you say, credit to him and, and, you know, credit to the Eagles for making the move to some degree. All right. You ready for the uh, ready for a crystal ball deagle? Sure. You want to start? Or you want sure. Me to do it? So Eagles I gotta, eleven. I got to look up here how to end the show first. So Eagles eleven point favorites. I believe the over under forty four in this game. Uh, this is going to surprise no one who listens. Uh, and actually, it came back to haunt me in the Houston game. But I am going to pick the Eagles to win and not to cover. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you just simply look at underdogs this season, by the way, um, and underdogs, of course, is the title of a book, Underdogs of Philadelphia Eagles Motion Road Super Bowl Victory, that there will be some book signings coming up that I will be happy to share oh. uh, on the podcast. Um, but Holiday uh, season? Holiday season, exactly. Nice. If you want to relive the last Super Bowl, uh, that's a good way to do it. But underdog is also the, the – uh, name of Jason Kelsey's apparel company that supports mm-hmm. the P Philly foundation that he created. And you, you can, can read, read all about that on the athletic. Uh, Will so, you write a second book if they win, the, if they win the Super Bowl again? I, cer- I certainly hope so. I mean, 
there's a lot that goes into writing a book. Oh, hold on. Sorry. Uh, my Siri uploaded. There's a lot that goes into writing a book, including a publisher. Um, but uh, uh, I would love that. And I, yeah, I, I, I think my second book would be even better than my first one. What would you call it? Let's cross that bridge when we get there. That's not what I would call it, but <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's cross that bridge when, when we get there. Okay. I could say that the, that the proposed title for the, uh, the previous book um, was taken by another author. Right. So, uh, so you don't want to, Oh, you don't want to put it out there uh, in case it for gets purpose, stolen. Uh, okay. If I've learned anything from Nick Sirianni, anything falls under the purview hmm. of competitive advantage. So for the purpose of competitive advantage, yeah, I, I certainly will not uh, reveal How about that. underdogs too? I don't think they'd be underdogs this time, right? Well, yeah, I know, but it's, it's been your favored second in, book. In 16 of 17 games this season. Well, how about unless... undefeated? We'll see if they get there too. Mm. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, <laughs> in any event, I I think uh, I, th- I, I think the Eagles win this game, but I, I think Washington's going to make it difficult for them in particular that defensive line i don't know if you're gonna we have... didn't talk about montez sweat montez sweat playing very well this year mm-hmm. best best he's ever played which sweat would you rather have montez or josh i think heading into the year i would have said josh i think right now i would say montez i'd probably still go josh but montez playing well yeah but you're in the tank yeah. for him i mean <laughs> not in the tank for him um <laughs> so i'm Although going josh with... josh sweat got vaccinated so i might that might tilt the scales for me I I think the Eagles uh, have have some stalled drives in in this game. I think the defense, for the most part, takes care of this Washington offense. Although I'd pay attention to the slot cornerback situation, the uh, Avante Maddox did not practice today, so that's two days in a row that Maddox has has not practiced. I'm going Eagles 24, Washington 14. Eagles advance to nine and zero. You love to go like just under this spread. Vegas is good, yeah, as as has been pointed out to me often. They didn't build those grand casinos because people won, right? So uh, Vegas knows what the Vegas knows what it's doing. Um, <clears throat> so How often Eagles has that been pointed out to you? Many times. By many, many someone times. says that to you? Yeah, my my grandfather always said that. To, always, oh, okay. always like says that. that. Yeah, that was always his expression. Like how how hard it is to win when you gamble. That's they good. Say, and he always said, and we used to drive to uh, to to Atlantic City, mm-hmm. and you'd see, you know, these these big cathedrals of casinos. And he said they don't build those because people win, right? So that's good. That's good advice from yeah. from a grandfather. Yes. Um, so, uh, I, but but I, I do think the Eagles advance to nine and zero, and then they'll get to ten and zero next week. We'll discuss that next week. But the conversation is going to start to get louder and louder and louder, and gives us something to discuss then. All right. Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Um, I think I think the commanders will be frisky. Uh, uh, but I think that over the course of the game, the, the Eagles will pull away. Uh, maybe they have another turnover this time. And then they score a late touchdown uh, to cover the spread. And the Eagles win this game 31 31- 17 Kenny Gainwell scores two touchdowns and 
let's say, how about uh, Jack Stoll has no catches. Okay. That's not <laughs> Does Quez Watkins have a catch? Yes. Quez okay. Watkins does have a catch. Quez Watkins has one catch for 45 yards. That's a good day. What did you like about what did you think about my um, my Dallas Goddard prediction and the Eagles second half predictions? I thought it was very uh, esoteric, or, or, or I shouldn't say esoteric, very um, very random. But I, I I liked it. That's what I like about your predictions is is you give, um, and I thought your kicker was great. Jake Elliott. No, your kicker in there. Kicker the kicker. Yeah. Now you have to pay more money for that. Yes. All right. I, I, wait, wait. By the way, one quick thing. We were in the indoor practice facility. I knew. Today. I knew when I said that that you were going to say that you were going to tell the story. <laughs> and they have, they have the 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 players of the week on there, and it just it makes me. I, I don't want to say laugh, but like there's players on this team who do, who do like a, a lot of things to contribute <laughs> to the Eagles being undefeated this year, and like their their faces are nowhere to be found on the graphics in the Novacare complex. Um, Cameron Dicker, who played one game, is going to be up there all season. And I don't know. Perhaps it's it's there thereafter. Like perhaps this is a, a new thing where the players of the week will they'll just fill the indoor facility with the players of the week from the respective years. Um, it just it's interesting to me that Cameron Dicker lives on in Eagles immortality. Did you and, send? Did you send the picture to Mr. Gonzalez? <laughs> I did not, but I did see the mic'd up segment from the Chargers this week when Kyle Van Noy was on the sideline being like, uh, he said, he said, what's our kicker's name? Hmm. And someone said, Dicker the kicker. And he said, no, seriously. And they said, no, no, Dicker the kicker. That's his name. That's what they call him. So it was, it was, it was a good sideline piece. What actually made me laugh about the, the photo that they have there for Dicker, the way that they, lay out that graphic it's like it's like the award there's like an action shot and then there's like just the, the headshot that's like a little bit faded off to the side which you can see i think if you look at your tweet it makes it look like he's dead it makes it look like they're like honoring the dead guy like, <laughs> i didn't think about which that. i mean on a roster sense he is that's true good for him though two game winning kicks yeah all right that'll do it for this episode of birds with friends um, we made it through without Marissa. I don't think we topped the uh, Jalen Hurts interview, but you know we we tried. So uh, we'll be back. Let's see after uh, Monday night's game, late Tuesday morning. Who knows what kind of shenanigans we'll get up to then? But until then, enjoy your weekends. Make sure you read everything Zach publishes at the Athletic. Uh, you know, keep on keeping on. We thank you uh, for watching, for listening, especially the sick of the sickos in the live chat. And so for uh, Zach and Marissa, wherever she is on the injury report with uh, with a wicked hangover, hopefully uh, for myself and for I don't know, Mr. Gonzalez again. We thank you for listening. We'll be back Monday night. And as always, we love you. Hey, hey. 
Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.